Olympic Channel podcasts. Losing control of your emotions just when you need to keep it together. It's a common problem. One thing that Olympians need to be good at, though, is keeping it together when it matters the most. Boxers know how to do this more than most Olympians. Remaining calm when in the ring is essential. But without the fire to fight, well, you're already beaten. How can you strike a balance between fire and calm? Can boxers cry without appearing weak? And what if the emotional toll of fighting is just too much? Hello, my name's Ed Knowles, and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Each week we find for you the very best Olympians, and we ask them to go in deep about the biggest Olympic talking points. We want you to think just like an Olympian. Olympic Channel podcast. Coming up, boxer David Price opens up about his emotions. I started crying myself. Felt well better after this, to be honest. <laughs> USA boxing coach Billy Walsh gives some advice on how to train your mind. It's often forgotten and left there until it rears its ugly head again at a major competition. Plus, we get a quick word with Hollywood bigwig Frank Marshall, who's been to see how the legendary Cuban boxing system all works. Olympic Channel Podcast. Okay, would you rather get in the ring to box or get consistently mocked on social media? When I first thought about it, I was like, no problem, I'll just take a bit of online abuse. My face is wonky enough, thanks very much. But with the internet so ingrained in our lives, and after speaking to someone on the receiving end of both of those things, perhaps the answer is more difficult than I thought. Olympic bronze medal holder David Price was an outstanding amateur boxer and for a while was the sport's hottest heavyweight property. He was supposed to light up the division after he turned pro. In 2012, ESPN called him the prospect of the year. But a series of knockouts have slowly seen a 34-year-old fall from world title contention. That was until he was invited to fight Alexander Povetkin on the undercard of Olympic and world champion Anthony Joshua. It was a big night. 80,000 people in Cardiff were there to watch. Millions tuned in across the world. It was a chance for Price to show the world that he was better than he had so far turned out to be. I spoke to him on the phone just a few weeks after he suffered the most high-profile knockout of his career. A brutal left hook that caught Price when he was completely defenceless. Price has suffered more online abuse than most. If you look on his timeline on Twitter, there are plenty of messages of support, but also there's plenty of people making fun of him. I spoke to the man himself, and the first thing I asked him was what hurt more in his last fight, physical or mental pain? Olympic Channel Podcast. For, for this last fight, the physical pain is something that hurt more than the emotional and mental pain um, because I'm... Of the the performance of product, you know, I, I couldn't really have done much more. The, the small, the small margins are, are so, mean so much at that level, and one little mistake can cost you everything, and that's what happened. But I, I think if I look back to the other fight with the lost to Ace and Sepper by knockout, that was definitely definitely uh, more mental pain and emotional pain, which I carried carried with, and, and I think. I think it may be because I'm maturing as a, as a man and as a person that being able to accept the fact that he feels as part of sport, uh, the emotional side of it 
isn't isn't such a burden on me now. But the sixty, the you know the the fifteen stitches on my eye and the forty odd in my lip and my broken nose, that that was painful. But only for a few days, and and I think I think everyone would agree. Overall, you know, to, to answer your question, I, I definitely think mental pain is much more difficult to deal with than physical pain. I'm looking at. I'm looking at Loris Carriers, the Liverpool goalkeeper. That's going to take forever and a day for him to get over that. And I'm sure he's that much harder of being beaten up by the four-day Madrid team and left battered and bruised because once once you've healed up, you forget the pain. The, the initial couple of weeks after the fight where you've been hit or you've been in a hard fight and... The initial couple of weeks, don't get me wrong, they are difficult. You know, your body's in a lot of pain and you're like, oh, there's times where you're thinking, I don't really want to feel like this again. Why why do I put myself through this? And I think if you ask a lot of fighters, then as soon as the pain starts to go, you kind of forget exactly what the pain was like. It's like the old the old saying, isn't it? The pain comes and goes, but, but you know, it, it's your pride. I've got it written down here actually sticks and stones break my bones but words never hurt me yeah, yeah. and it's, I think it's like it's, 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 it's like for me it's the other way around you more than most have suffered internet kind of trolling and memes and gifs and all the kind of things that a lot of people just don't have to deal with is, is, do you think that has affected you or, or am, am I completely you know in the wrong ballpark Early on in my career, it did. It definitely did. Um, and again, that may we. I think that may well have been down to a bit of um, immaturity. When what what other people think of me isn't my business, you know. And and I've learned to uh, accept that you cannot please everyone in in this world, no matter what you do or who you are. Especially especially me. You've said. David, the, the lows have outweighed the highs as a professional. I, I, I heard that on, on, an, on another interview you did. How low have you felt at times? Really, really low. Um, because um, a lot more, a lot was expected of me. Uh, you know, a lot of people pin their hopes on me to be the next, the next great uh, big heavyweight up. Um, so. When it didn't come to fruition, people kind of, you know, got got angry about it or or frustrated type of thing, and it was all magnified. You know, it wasn't just brushed under the carpet. It because of the the hype surrounding me, everything was magnified, and everything was dramatic. Even you know, my wins would, my defeats were dramatic. Everything brings drama with me. Um, but you know, when you go from Winning, 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 and and then all of a sudden everything comes crashing down. Yeah, it, it, it was love. It was it was um, ask any athlete, any fighter, especially when you've had the fanfare I was getting, and it seemed like I was gonna go on to 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 fame and fortune, and then it's taken away from you because of because of, of a defeat, which ultimately was my own fault. It's it's hard to forgive yourself and. And so you learn to do that. You're going to be in a dark place. You know, you are going to be low and everything else. But, but time, you know, it's an old cliche, but time, time is a great healer. And as time passes, 
you'd accept what's happened and, and you know, life has to go on. So the lows, the lows, I'd say, have outweighed the eyes. Uh, but the the story isn't over yet. You know, I, I, could, I could go on to put everything to bed by, by achieving something people didn't expect me to. And that's what the last fight... That, that was what I was hopeful the last fight was going to do for me and it very nearly did so um, who knows what's around the corner I think for a lot of people you don't have anything to prove they've either made up their mind about you negatively or they're going to support you and what you've achieved I mean is that kind of the motivation what motivates you to continue that's a good way of putting it as well I've never thought of it like that um, but yeah uh, the, the, the motivation to continue is, is to um, I still believe that I can reach a higher height than I have. Um, and the motivation to continue is that is it's pretty straightforward. I just I just don't wanna stop. Um I don't wanna I don't wanna give up. I know I'll know when the time comes. The great boxing coach Billy Walsh, um from Amer well, he's from Ireland but he coaches America. Uh he caught himself uh, thinking about a couple of people that had passed away when he um, when he'd won the Iber Boxing Coach of the the Year title, and he just started to cry. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a tough he's a tough fella. You just know. Do you have a problem with, or do you think it's important to kind of lose yourself in your emotions in the right atmosphere, and maybe even have a cry? Do you know what crying? Uh, uh... Crying is seen as a, um, if a man, men just don't cry unless something really bad happens. Um, no, no and, I, and I'm the same as far as that goes. But um, the day before the Pavetan fight, the day I'd weighed in, the amount of support that I received, I, I was getting that much, respect, uh, much support of people in, you know, in, in the sport my friends, my family, and then it was it was snowballing. I was seeing that much support coming through. People posting pictures of me, this, that, and the other. When I, I got overwhelmed, and, and I, I started crying myself. Um, you know, I just got a bit emotional, shed a little tear, and um, felt well better after it. To be honest, <laughs> it just kind of released, released a bit of tension, and, and I, I feel that. I, I, I probably needed to do it, um, and it wasn't because I was scared of fighting. It, it was just, a, it was just an emotional time, um, and yeah, uh, you know, I, I, that was uh, that was something that made me feel better the day before the fight. Like I'll be honest, uh, I'm not ashamed to say that. Thanks to David Price and his managers for helping out on that one. Olympic Channel podcast. It at least seems for David Price that happiness isn't necessarily the opposite of depression. It could just be resilience. So how could this resilience be taught? I mentioned USA boxing coach Billy Walsh when I was speaking to David in the last interview. He's a two-time IBA coach of the year, like I said, and he's also an Irish Olympian. I wondered whether Billy would know if boxers are born with an innate ability to handle their emotions or whether it was something that could be learnt. So I gave him a call, and I started off by asking whether he'd seen anything that his boxers had in common to take the pain. Olympic Channel Podcast. Obviously, they all like being in the ring, and they all like being successful, you know, and 
I think to go back to the place where, you know, remember that day when you lost and maybe you could have won and the pain, what that feels like, you know, and, you know, the the, the pain and, and the winning, you know, and the emotions that you feel with winning uh, last forever, you know, and that one, that, that painful, the, 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 the really painful one is the one that um, when you lose, you know, and that's a, that's that's a place where they need to go sometimes, you know, to encourage them to go on to take the next step and to drive themselves on to make to make it successful. Can you really train for like you can train for physical punishment? Surely, you know, conditioning that's just something that an elite athlete goes through, right? But can you train for emotional punishment, or is it just something that you're born with? Absolutely, I think yeah, it's no doubt that you can train for. You know, you can train guys to how to adapt and how to focus and how to stay in the moment. And that's their key key traits of any champion. You know, I think at any stage or some stage in everybody's career that they're going to be in that that tough place that they need to come out of, you know. And, and the only way to get out of that is, is mentally. Psychologically, you're going to take over and take control uh, of where you're at at that point in time and then get yourself back on track Uh whether it's to stick with your plan or to pull yourself together and, and start to start to perform, and that all comes from your psychological uh, mindset and you know having maybe some triggers to pull yourself back from obscurity and back into the into the game and into what you should be doing. You must have seen some emotional fighters in your time. Are there advantages to channeling your emotions in a positive way? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think sometimes. It's good. I was an emotional fighter myself, and I've had a few uh, between Ireland and America um, that have been very emotional. And uh, controlling those emotions is the key secret for those guys. And uh, once you were able to control those emotions, or they were able to control them, and were aware of it, I think the, the whole thing has been self-aware of the type of fighter you are, and being able to control that, you know, they're going to be very, very difficult to beat. With, with that emotion and that love and passion and desire to be successful. It's one thing to fight for yourself in the, in the pros, but it's another thing to fight for your country at the Olympic Games, especially when, for example, like, like Katie Taylor in 2012, the arena was absolutely rocking to the extent that if you yeah. go and watch the video on YouTube now, you can't even really yeah. hear the commentator. <laughs> it's, yeah. just, it's just the whole place rocking. Um, uh, amateur bouts, though, they don't always attract these huge crowds in comparison to the Olympic Games. How do you get a fighter to kind of ignore that or channel that in a way that is positive? It really is comes comes down to the two guys in the ring. You know, we're trying to. At the end of the day, you know, in amateur boxing, you you, you fight the best from the other country. You know, so no matter who you're fighting, they're always a top class opponent. They're not fighting a bum a month, like the pros are building up. They're not building up a record for you. You're actually in against the best from whatever country you're fighting from. So you know, at the end of the day, to me, you know, it's nice to have the big crowd out there, but if they're not out there you still got to deal with this guy in the other corner if you want to get to the next round of the competition or you want to win that gold medal. And you got to, so that's where your focus needs to be. You know, and, and really what we focus on you know, psychologically is focus on ourselves. Being the best Billy Walsh that I can be and getting the best performance out of myself. You know, you know, what are the pillars of my performance? What do I do when I'm at my best? So 
every day we go out, we try to give the standard as again, because you said you're representing your country, you know, you're, it's the greatest honour that you could have to be chosen to represent your country and your family, your clubs, you know, everybody that you represent. Um, you know, so you owe it to them and to yourself to give yourself uh, your best performance. And then, you know, usually the outcomes look after themselves. It's all very convincing, Billy, but it's really hard, isn't it, in reality? <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the, the, oh, yeah, it's the toughest game in the world, you know. And, you know, you, you have all that emotion, you have all that fear going to the ring, you know, you're doubting yourself, you know. So, you know, we try to, we try to work psychologically, you know, we try to address those things long in advance before we get to the ring. That, you know, you were going to feel these fears, this is how you felt, how do we deal with it? How can you manage it? You know, there's an old word at the time, the thing that we use is control the controllables. How do we control the controllables? And try to blank out all of those things and stop the negative uh, thoughts. Do you work on someone's emotional weaknesses? Is that something that you look at and you target and you think, right, we need to get that sorted? Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's like any part of their body, you know. If you're physically not strong, uh, we work on strength work to make that happen, whether it's their arms, their legs, their their body. And then mentally if there's if if they're phys- mentally not not strong, well that's that's a piece that sometimes is is often forgotten and is left there until it rears its ugly head again at a at a major competition. So we've been working on that. Um and uh, we've we've had a psychologist employed to come in and help out with us uh, to make that happen. So we, we yeah, it's like any part of the body we're we're looking to improve every part all the time. If you can fight with emotion but not lose your head, it seems to me at least that makes the best fighters. Would you agree with that? Yes, definitely. I think we need to have emotion, need to have passion, desire, will to win. All of those things are are an emotion, you know. And I think if you, without those, it, it's very difficult <clears throat> to be successful. Yeah, so the top fighters in the world are emotional fighters, you know. And they give everything that they have uh, deep inside their soul. And if you can harness that and channel that properly, uh, you're going to be very difficult to beat. And for you, when uh, you've been surely in some emotional points in your professional career, <laughs> um, you got the Iberg Coach of the Year. Did you get a lump in your throat when you won that award? Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was. Sort of, I was taken aback a piece because, first of all, I didn't deserve it. I didn't think I didn't feel I deserved it. I'm just doing, doing a job, and, and look, it's, it's a great honour and a privilege. But you know, I really wanted to accept it on behalf of the team that I work with, because you know, a lot of people are doing a lot of good work, and I just happened to be the figurehead of that. I mean, that was a very full answer there, Billy, and it, I was listening intently there, but there was no mention of that lump in your throat. Can can the tough guys cry? Yeah, I'm I'm the biggest baby. Of, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 one of those emotional guys that we spoke about. <laughs> I actually did cry in in the sand when they when they presented me with the um, the award. I had to get up on stage and say a few words, and and it wasn't it wasn't long after you know I thought of a couple of people at the time. It was my my coach uh, who trained me since I was seven. His name was Eddie Byrne. Lived in the same street as me, and then my dad was wasn't long after passing away. And so both of those men came to my, and so I did get emotional and, and break down as I, uh, as I accepted the award in the sun. 
And there's nothing. I, I guess my point is, there's nothing to be embarrassed about these days. I suppose in 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 losing your emotions in the right way. Yeah, look, I think there isn't because you know it shows what what things mean to you. You know, people get to see you know who you are, but they also get to see that this means a hell of a lot to you. Um, to you know, to accept that on behalf of everybody, but. Yes, the motion is, is good in the right place. Olympic, Olympic Channel Podcast. Thanks to Billy there. Two very tough guys who both fought hard in their careers, but also aren't scared to admit to crying as well. Both putting up a convincing case that really the hardest problems are all in our heads. I also took a lot from Billy saying that the brain is like any other muscle. It just needs a bit of training. And it's also good to know that tough guys cry as well. Olympic Channel Podcast. So one of the reasons that we've gone a bit crazy for boxing at the moment at the Olympic Channel is because we've got the new Five Rings film out, The People's Fighters. If you don't know already, it's a feature-length doc about Cuba's relationship with boxing. It focuses on Tia Philly Stevenson, who chose not to turn pro, even though he was offered a ton of money to fight Muhammad oh. Ali. Ashley Tulloch from the Olympic Channel podcast, had a quick word with the film's producer, Frank Marshall. He's produced a few little films you may have heard of, Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones, the Bourne movies. We wanted to know from Frank what the legendary Cuban system was actually all about. We started off by asking him what makes this particular story so special. The People's Fighters is a fantastic story. Um, Cuba has this sort of uncanny ability to uh, turn out and create these boxing legends. And so one of uh, our uh, stories that we thought we should tell is how did that happen? How did, what makes a Cuban boxer a gold medalist? And how did that work? So it was um, an extraordinarily exciting uh, film for me to make because I got to go to Cuba. <laughs> what was that like? Tell me about Cuba. Well, I hadn't been there before. And uh, arriving and and seeing things that you'd seen in pictures like you do see these old cars you know in pictures and you think oh there's one or two of them it's not true they're everywhere and so you're really getting uh the color and the people and the food and the music all the things you've heard about or read about or seen on tv having it in person in person was just fantastic now you mentioned that you know Cuba are turning out these legends from from you um, why do you think this country what makes the Cuban country Cuba as a country so good at the Olympic Games well I think it goes back to their uh, desire to create a population that um, is based on sports uh, one of the national uh, efforts that they made quite a while ago was for every kid to find a sport and that athletics and physical education was important and sort of a requirement for the entire population. And so they started creating these these schools and camps and developing athletes and they would find early on these fantastic uh, uh, uh people who had ability in certain sports and they would guide them then into uh, a lifetime of sport. And so out of that, they found a lot of different athletes in a lot of different sports, but mainly the boxers. And they uh, it's a very nationalistic 
uh, sport for them. They're very proud of it. They're very proud of their medals, but they're also proud of being Cuban and being a boxer. Olympic Channel Podcast. Thanks to Frank for giving up his very precious time. Remember, you can check out that documentary right now on olympicchannel.com. So, our timeline absolutely blew up when we tweeted about last week's episode with Russian figure skater Evgenia Medvedeva and the huge K-pop boy band EXO. At Eris Doodle said, Thank you, Olympic Channel. This moment was really magical. At Lucero Aeri just said, Ah, cute. And then Park Lazar, one, just said, Wow, she's so blessed to have met EXO. We weren't surprised that everyone went EXO crazy, but it was super nice to see. We also absolutely loved all the fan art you sent in of Evgenia Medvedeva. Check out our Instagram timeline for the one we thought was the best, but really it was a really tough decision because there were so many amazing entries there. Mind-blowing. Remember that we have some really exciting figure skating interviews coming up, so if you're really into that, subscribe to the podcast and you definitely won't miss out on any of them. I'm flying solo this week, so I'm going to do the recommendations. Olympic Channel News Editor James Pratt told me to get on the podcast Caffeine for the Soul with Michael Neal. First off, Michael Neal's voice is like the most relaxing thing in the world, but it's also a good short podcast for like recentering yourself like Billy Walsh was advising. It's not for everyone, obviously, but it's a good way to find a calm moment in a busy schedule. And rather than a book, I suggest you dig out a documentary called Thriller in Manila about Muhammad Ali's fight against Joe Fraser. Obviously, the Oscar-winning documentary, When We Were Kings, is also really brilliant. But I just prefer Thriller in Manila. I think the story is more interesting and it's really, really amazing. Don't forget, if you did like this episode, leave us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you find us. It helps other people find us, basically. Give us a shout on Olympic Channel across all social platforms if you want to get in touch. Right, that's quite enough for this week. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Think Think like an Olympian. Olympian.